0: Now, time for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by the one, the only historian extraordinaire, Scott Washington, to catch us up on This Week in History. Good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning, Aaron. And uh, certainly, you know, one of the things I want to lead off uh, today is something that this station will not brag about because they're modest and dedicated. And It's the news that just got released about uh, this station being uh, the Radio Station of the Year for the non-metro area, which I think is a really challenging area. It's town and gown, it's country, it's urban, it's really bigger. The other two awards are like large metro and medium metro, but this one is a really interesting one. And this station won it for Radio Station of the Year by the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters. And of course, you won as Personality of the Year. Congratulations, Aaron, Thank you. and I hope a lot of people express their appreciation and congratulations to you too. And then the other one, which is statewide of all the radio stations, there's like 525 in the state, which is radio community involvement, which is just exceptional. And anybody who listens to this station will say, "Well, these are uh, overdue awards. Uh, they are awards that really reflect the entire nation nature of the staff uh, and its dedication and involvement with uh, community partners and advertisers." and the ownership. Uh, It's really unique as an independent broadcasting station, and it's heard worldwide, which is streamed, which is wonderful. It's a model that's uh, not only good for this state, but I think nationally and internationally about what good radio is all about. Yes, that sounds like a promotion, but it's actually a historical kind of observation about what this station does and why it matters.
0: Thank you. We're, we, were, we were excited to find out. We had the award ceremony yesterday in Raleigh. That's so wonderful. we were, we were down there for that. It was super fun.
1: You know, if people went on to chapelboro.com, but it sounds like it's down uh, for maintenance. Down for or the something, moment. For yeah, no. We, there's, Facebook has something about There is a little bit of
0: maintenance going on with the website. It'll be back <laughs> I, up probably later I am this morning. We're
1: rarely shy about uh, noting things <laughs> like this, which is so important. And uh, of course, we have the hurricane in Florida, and our thoughts are with with the people. And even though it sounds like it's a big rain event, the real issue that um, is probably not going to be stressed until this starts happening is ground saturation Mm -hmm. of water. That much water. And with even thirty five mile per hour winds, you will have some trees toppling yeah.
0: oh, over for so, sure. The good thing with with us at least is we seem to be from from everything that we've heard from meteorologists and, yeah. and emergency response folks is that we're kind of in that sweet spot where the ground isn't so dry that the water just hits right. and, and rolls off, but it's not so saturated that there's nowhere for it to go. So as as far as flooding goes, we got the we got to worry about it, but we're yeah. We're in about as good a situation as we can be in terms yes. of ground saturation. That's so right. that's that's one thing. Well, a good
1: going. Uh, good kind of uh, preparation. You know, I think of the people in Florida, yes, when power goes out, mm-hmm. then suddenly, hey, how how am I going to get the internet? Maybe you can get it on the phone, but if your phone isn't charging, one of the great things people turn to, is the radio Uh, it's still one of the best ways to convey information uh, and this station WCHL has pioneered that for so long and it is the place you turn to for local and breaking news uh, all the time so I'm still still on a roll and (laughs) and congratulations to everybody here behind the mic and in front of the mic uh, who do so much to make this uh, one of the great stations Uh, of our not only this area, but really the world. I'm going to go really big here on that. And I think that's important. Now, speaking of historic uh, things, uh, whether it's hurricanes or the force of nature of WCHL and its incredible staff, um, there are a few things going on in history that I just picked up this week. One is uh, a birthday of a fellow named um, Francois-Henri Lalaine and you might know him better as Jack mm-hmm. Uh He's the fellow who had the longest running uh, show on exercise from uh, 1950s to the 1980s. And uh, he was also the person who started health clubs in the 1930s and nobody had had a gymnasium <laughs> until yeah. he started one in Oakland, California. He always said that up until about age 15, he was a sugarholic, ate junk food, and then he heard uh, a presentation about health and fitness, and he became a convert to that. And he really tried to pioneer this idea that uh, health could be something that was available to all, especially mm-hmm. if you watch what you eat. And and just simple movement in his show really was pitched to saying everybody could do this. Mm-hmm. And that was, he did a lot with isometrics and uh, the, the, the things you find at a gym now, the uh, the pulley machines, uh, the uh, the differentiated weights, those were all things that Jack Lane yep. came up with, which is just amazing. And this
0: is the thing that we, we, like one of those things that you completely take for granted today, yes. like the fact that gyms are just ubiquitous. Right. There's one on the <laughs> other side of the mall from yes. us. You can get to a whole bunch around here. People have gym memberships. They do that. Right. People go jogging. They've got home equipment. People have the Fitbits and they're doing the 10000 <laughs> steps, and all of that we take for granted. And like, yeah, people are concerned about fitness. That was all shockingly new in yes. the like, oh, mid to late totally 20th century. New. Like, it wasn't even that long ago no, when all of it was novel and new, and folks like Jack LaLanne were,
1: were pioneers. We're right that, there yep. on the cutting edge of uh, making those connections, And and he also pioneered this idea that you didn't need a lot mm-hmm. to do something, and he felt like anybody, didn't matter whether you had some kind of health conditions... He said you could still do some movement and I think that was a a great boon to the health of overall America and even Arnold Schwarzenegger who was of course a bodybuilder. He just felt that Jack LaLanne was a beast. He would every year on his birthday (laughs) get out in the the San Francisco harbor and tow a boat (laughs) with his teeth and just swim to just show he could do it and he did that well into uh, his 80s, I believe. He lived to 97, so it's kind of amazing. <laughs> a legacy that we can all. Uh, I'm more turn impressed to.
0: because that water is cold. I hear it's I'm
1: cold. Like. Yes, it is. Well, here is something. Another one that pops up. Uh, these are, and of course, we you know we like to look at the origins of things. Uh, there's a fellow who was born this week, September 13, 1849. He's a, a German-born uh, American candy maker, Louis Ruckheim, and he and his brother, F.W., uh, uh, there was this uh, thing you could go to the ballpark and get this gooey, sticky molasses, popcorn, peanut thing, and it was just a mess. They figured out a way so that it wasn't so much a mess. And so when you hear, uh, take me out to the ball game, Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. Uh, I don't care if I ever get back. Well, that's the guy who came up with this idea of the of what they we now know as cracker jack. Nice. But it was a term uh, that referred to something of really quality. Like wow. That this is, is crackerjack. Yeah, you could say that about WCHL. <laughs> it, this place is crackerjack. <laughs> it's funny because I always think of
0: crackerjack as being kind of sticky. Like I'm not uh, sure yeah. if I like eating it because you know your hands uh, feel so like it's it's no. it's interesting that that's an improvement on <laughs> the like <laughs> syrupy molassesy y Ex- mess that they were just like glooping on people's hands at the ballpark and before.
1: Exactly, and so you know th- those are small things, but they make a big difference. You know the top of the hour. Uh, when you mentioned about grocery stores, mm-hmm. and you know, I think about the fellow, the Piggly Wiggly chain owners, who came up with the grocery cart, the
0: shopping cart, and yep.
1: then he also came comes up with uh, the luggage cart. I mean, these are things we just take for granted, but uh, that's how uh, things happen.
0: Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History Matters. Uh, two more. What do we got?
1: Okay, well, here is one, two, and this is a really true. Uh, uh... though it, it seems like it's just legend um, he was born john chapman in seventeen seventy four yep. Lives to eighteen forty five goes all over the country and uh, as a teenager he is apprenticing apprentice uh... has an apprenticeship with uh, somebody who does stuff with uh... trees and orchards and he gets caught up with this and uh... begins to take this across the nation of planting orchards planting trees, especially his favorite, which was apple trees and of course we know him better as Johnny Appleseed which is, that is more than just myth, it's actually true, which is just astonishing.
0: Is that a name that he came up with for himself? <laughs> like, Did he market know. that or did people start calling him Johnny Appleseed I and think like, guys stop calling me Johnny Appleseed, <laughs> I don't like it.
1: Well, I think he was just so focused on this that he said, oh, this guy could not talk about anything but apple seeds <laughs> and apple trees. Now one commentator actually said, well, since these were just native grown varieties and he wasn't big into grafting, that probably did more to facilitate uh, the growth of uh, the alcohol industry because these apples w- couldn't be used for a lot. And I would differ. I'd say, well, maybe there's apple cider. There's all kind of things. But certainly the cider, as it got hard, some people found a lot of other uses for it. <laughs> that is true. Apple <laughs> juice. Um, in fact, there, it reminded me of a, um, a fellow who was... A, uh, he, he actually uh, did... Uh, he was an entrepreneur, and I don't recall his name, but he he did something about apples and uh, a cider maker interviewed as an entrepreneur and uh, the interviewer said, well, what's the most important thing? Thinking he's going to talk about investment and this? No, he said, the most important thing I always ask is, what can I do today to make tomorrow better? That's something that Johnny Appleseed, certainly, (laughs) Johnny, I'm sure I don't think he introduced himself that way. He's probably John Chatham. but um, That's a really important uh, thing that we all need to remember. And one other one, which is a woman who was born... Um, September 29th, 1848, up in Vermont, uh, Caroline uh, uh, Ardelia Yale. And um, she lives throughout the 19th century. Um, she begins to be really interested in um, work with the deaf and hard of hearing. And this is in the very early stages of you know how to communicate with sign language. She actually is a pioneer who really develops Uh, much of what is the basis of modern sign language. Uh, And when I think of that, I'm thinking of like here in North Carolina, we have the School of the Deaf that opens October 2nd, 1894. And uh, this is one of those schools that again, uh, helps people become part of the society and it goes two ways. It's not just uh, deaf and hard of hearing people adapting to society, but also society beginning to realize the the, uh, contributions that people have no matter what their differing conditions are. And uh, those are the ways why I celebrate Jack LaLanne and uh, Johnny Appleseed, John Chapman, and uh, uh, Carolyn Yale, because that's why history matters. Thank you. And
0: that is uh, History Matters for this week. Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron.